Welcome back, Hemming Brainiacs, to the podcast, talking about Carolina, Carolina Lady Nair. Um, I have a fussy slash sleeping baby on my lap, so let's see how we go. I might have to pause. He does not want to be put down, though, so I do have to hold him. Toby. Toby, wobby, goby. Um, okay, sorry. Uh... Uh, Orktor Libri said, So hauntingly lovely, so accepting, so lyrically grieving. Indeed, it was a nice little, uh, well, sad, but pretty poignant, I guess is the word. A uh, little poem. Swim, says a fish, he says, the internet tells us for many years this song was mistakenly thought to be the work of Robert Burns until it finally emerged that it was written by Lady Nairn. Lady Nairn was descended from the old Jacobite family from Perthshire and had written many songs in favour of the exiled Stuarts. She was extremely modest and preferred to publish her songs anonymously. The land of the Leo in the context of this song means heaven. The song describes the grief of a dying mother whose daughter has died and who hopes to join her in the land of the Leo probably partly because it uses the same tune as Scots, where he, the phrase Land of the Leal, has also become identified with Scotland itself. This song, performed by a played song, is part of the soundtrack of the 2008 film called Outlaw King, on Netflix apparently. Historically inaccurate, but the fight scenes are apparently awesome. Has a decent rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay, cool. So there's a few links there to some um, song versions of the poem. Today's poet... Oops. So I scroll down to it with my left hand. Uh, today's poet... Well, this is a prolific one. We've got 12 pages of poet poems by a man named James Hogg, 1770 through to 1835. The first one's called A Boy's Song. Where the pools are bright and deep, where they... Grey trow lies asleep up the river and over the lay. That's the way for Billy and me, where the blackbird sings the latest, where the hawthorn blooms the sweetest, where the nestlings chirp and flee. That's the way for Billy and me, where the mowers mow the cleanest, where the hay lies thick and greenest. There to track the homeward bee. That's the way for Billy and me, where the hazel bank is steepest, where the shadow falls the deepest. Where the clustering nuts fall free, that's the way for Billy and me. Excuse Toby, snorting down here. (laughs) Why the boys should drive away little sweet maidens from the play, or love to banter and fight so well, that's the thing I never could tell. But this I know, I love to play, through the meadow, among the hay, up the water and over the lee, that's the way for Billy and me. The next one's called Kilmany. Bonnie Kilmany goed up the glen, but it was not to meet Dorina's men, nor the rosy monk of the isle to see, for Kilmany was pure as pure could be. It was only to hear the yawling sing and put the crest flower round the spring. The scarlet hip and the hindberry, and the nut that hung fray in the hazel tree, for Kilmany was pure as pure could be, but laying may her minnie look over the wall, and Lang may she seek in the greenwood shore, Lang the mad lad o'donnery blame, and Lang Lang greet the Kilmany come home. 
When many a day had come and fled, when grief grew calm and hope was dead, when Mesopotamia's soul had been sung, when the beadsmen had prayed and the dead bell rung, late, late in gloaming, when all was still, when the fringe was red on the whistling hill, the wood was sere, the moon, it was the wane, the reek of the cot hung over the plain, like a little wee cloud in the world it's lain. When the ingle lowed when an airy lame, late, late in the gloomy Kilmany came home. Kilmany, Kilmany, where have you been? Lang have we sought both Holt and Den. By Lynn, by Ford, and Greenwood tree, yet you are halesome and fair to see. Where got you that jupe or the lily sheen? That bonny snood or the burks are green, and those roses the fairest that we're ever seen. Kilmany. Kilmany, where have you been? Kilmany looked up with a lovely grace, but no smile was seen on Kilmany's face. As still was her look, and as still was her eye, as the stillness that lay on the emerant lee, or the mist that sleeps on a waveless sea. For Kilmany had been, she knew not where, and Kilmany had seen what she could not declare. Kilmany had been where the cock never crew, where the rain never fell, and the wind never blew. But it seemed as the harp of the sky had rung, and the airs of heaven played round her tongue, when she spoke of the lovely form she had seen, and a land where sin had never been, a land of love and a land of light, without an sun or moon or night, where the river swayed a living stream, and the light a pure celestial beam, the land of vision it would seem, a still and everlasting dream. In yon green wood there is a wake, and in that wake there is a wean, and in the wean there is a make, and neither has flesh, blood, nor bane. And down in yon green wood he walks his lane. In that green wean Kilmany lay, her bosom happed with florets gay, but the air was soft and the silence deep, and bonny Kilmany fell sound asleep. She kenned nay mare, nor opened her eye, till waked by the hymns of a far country eye. She waked on a couch of the silk same slim, all striped with the bars of a rainbow's rim, and lovely beings round her rife, who erst had travelled mortal life, and aye they smiled and again to spear, what spirit has brought this mortal here? Lang have I journeyed the world wide, a meek and reverent fear replied, both night and day I have watched the fair, a edent a thousand years and mare. Yes, I have watched over ilk degree, wherever blossoms ferment tea. But sinless virgin, free of stain, in mind and body, fain I name, never since the banquet of time found I a virgin in her prime, till late this bonny maiden I saw, as spotless as the morning snore. Full twenty years she has lived as free as the spirits of sojourn in this country. I have brought her away from the snares of men, that sin or death she never may ken. They clasped her waist in her hands as say fair, they kissed her cheek and they came to her hair, and round came many a blooming fair, saying, Bonnie Kilmanese, you're welcome here. Women are freed of the lit and scorn, oh, blessed be the day Kilmany was born. Now shall the land of spirits see, now shall it ken what a woman may be. Many a lang year in sorrow and pain, many a lang year through the world we've gone, commissioned to watch fair womankind. For if it's they who nourish the immortal mind, 
We have watched their steps as the dawning shone, and deep in the greenwood walks alone, by lily bower and silken bed, the viewless tears have over them shed, have soothed their ardent minds to sleep, or left the couch of love to weep. We have seen, we have seen, but the time must come, and the angels will weep at the day of doom. Oh, would the fairest of mortal kind, eh, keep the holy truce in mind that kindred spirits their motions see, who watch their ways with anxious eye, and grieve for the guilt of humanity. Oh, sweet to heaven, the maiden's prayer, and the sighs that heave the bosoms so fair, and dear to heaven the words of truth, and the praise of virtue from beauty's mouth, and dear to the viewless forms of air, the minds that keith as the body fair. O bonnie Kilmany, free from stain, if ever you seek the world again, that world of sin, of sorrow and fear, O tell of the joys that are waiting here, and tell of the signs you shall shortly see, of the times that are now and the times that shall be. They lifted Kilmany, they led her away, and she walked in the light of a sunless day. The sky was a dome of crystal bright, the fountain of vision and fountain of light. The emerald fields were of dazzling glow and the flowers of everlasting blow. Then, deep in the stream, her body they laid, that her youth and beauty night never might fade. And they smiled on heaven when they saw her lie in the stream of life that wandered by. And she heard a song, she heard it sung, she kenned not where, but saw sweetly it rung. It fell on the ear like a dream of the morn, O oh, blessed be the day Kilmeny was born. Now shall the land of the spirits see, now shall it ken what a woman may be. The sun that shines on the world so bright, a borrowed glade from the fountain of light, and the moon that sleeks the sky so done, like a gooden bough or a beamless sun, shall wear away and be seen no more, and the angels shall miss them travelling in the air. But lang, lang after birth, night and day, when the sun and the world have ellied away, when the sinner has gone to his waysome doom, Kilmeny shall smile in eternal bloom. They bore her away, she wist not how, for she felt not arm nor rest below, but so swift they waned her through the light, t'was like the motion of sound or light. Sound or sight. They seemed to split the gales of air, and yet nor gale nor breeze was there, unnumbered groves below them grew they came they passed and backward flew like floods of blossoms gliding on in moment seen in moment gone oh never veils to mortal view appeared like those over which they flew the land to human spirits given the lowermost lowermost veils of the storied heaven from thence they can view the world below and heaven's blue gates with sapphires glow more glory yet unmeet to know they bore her far to the mountain green, to see what mortal never had seen, and they seated her high on a purple sword, and bade her heed what she saw and heard, and note the changes the spirits wrought, for now she lived in the land of thought. She looked and saw, nor sun nor skies, but a crystal dome of a thousand dyes. She looked and saw no land aright, but an endless whirl of glory and light, and radiant beings went and came, far swifter than wind or the linked flame. She hid her even from the dazzling view. She looked again, and the scene was new. She saw a sun on a summer sky, and clouds of amber sailing by. A lovely land beneath her lay, and that land had glens and mountains grey, 
and that land had valleys and hoary piles and mild seas and thousands of isles. Its fields were speckled, its forests green, and its lakes were all of the dazzling sheen, like magic mirrors where slumbering, slumbering lay the sun and the sky and the cloudlet grey, which heaved and trembled and gently swung on every shore they seemed to be hung, for there they were seen on the downward plain a thousand times and a thousand again. In, winding, in winding lake and placid firth, little peaceful heavens in the bosom of the earth. Kilmeny sighed and seemed to grieve, for she found her heart to that land did cleave. She saw the corn wave on the vale, she saw the deer run down to the dale, she saw the plate and the broad claymore and the brows the badge of freedom bore, and she thought she had seen the land before. She saw a lady sit on a throne, and the fairest that ever the sun shone on. A lion licked her hand of milk, and she held him in a leash of silk. And a leaf-foo maiden stood at her knee with a silver wand and a melting eye. Her sovereign shield till love stole in, and poisoned all the fount within. Then a gruff, untoward beadsman came, and hunted the lion on his dame, and the guardian made with the dauntless eye, she dropped a tear and left her knee, and she saw till the queen from the lion fled, till the bonniest flower of the world lay dead. A coffin was set on a distant plain, and she saw the red blood fall like rain. Then Bonnie Kilmeny's heart grew sere, and she turned away, and could look no more. Then the gruff grim Carl gurned amain, and they trampled him down, and he rose again, and he baited the lion to deeds of weir, till he lapped the blood to the kingdom dear. And weaning his head was danger brief, when crowned with the rose and clover leaf, he growled at the carl and chased him away, to feed with the deer on the mountain grey, he gold at the carl and geeked at heaven, but his mark was set and his owls given. Kilmeny a while here even withdrew, she looked again and the scene was new. She saw before her unfurled one half of all the glowing world, where oceans rolled and rivers ran to bounds the aims of sinful man. She saw of people fierce and foul burst from their bounds like fiends of hell. Their lilies grew, and the eagle flew, and she herked on her ravening crew, till the cities and towers were wrapped in a blaze, and the thunder it roared over the lands and the seas. The windows they wailed, and the red blood ran, and she threatened an end to the race of man. She never leaned nor stood in awe, till caught by the lion's deadly paw, oh, then the evil swinked for life, and brainyled up a mortal strife. But flew she north or flew she south, she met with the gal of the lion's mouth. With a mooted wing and a wafed, wafeful mane, the eagle sought her eyrie again, but lang may she cower in her bloody nest, and lang lang sleek her wounded breast. Before she saw another flight to play with the northern lion's might, but to sing the sights Kilmeny saw so far surpassing nature's law, the singer's voice would sink away, and the strain of his harp would cease to play. But she still, till the sorrows of man were by, 
and all was love and harmony, till the stars of heaven fell calmly away like flakes of snow on a winter's day. The Kilmeny begged again to see the friends she had left in her own country, to tell of the place where she had been, and the glories that lay in the land unseen, to warn the living maidens fair, the loved of heaven, the spirit's care, that all whose minds unmealed remain shall bloom in beauty when time is gone. With distant music, soft and deep, they lulled Kilmeny sound asleep, and when she awakened, she lay her lane, and happed with flowers in the greenwood wane. When seven long years had come and fled, when grief was calm and hope was dead, when scarce was remembered Kilmeny's name, late, late in the gloaming Kilmeny came home, and oh, her beauty was fair to see, but still and steadfast was her eye. Such beauty barred may never declare, for there was no pride nor passion there. And the soft desire of maidens, even, in that mild face could never be seen. Her seamer was the lily flower, and her cheek the moss rose in the shower, and her voice like the distant melody that floats along the twilight sea. And she loved to rake then lanely glen, and keep to far from the haunts of men, her holy hymns unheard to sing, to suck the flowers and drink the spring, but wherever her peaceful form appeared, the wild beasts of the hill were cheered, the wolf played the blithely round the field, the lordly bison lowed and kneeled, the dun deer wooed the manor bland. The cow whirred beneath her lily hand, and when it even the woodlands rung, when hymns of other worlds she sung in ecstasy of sweet devotion, oh, then the glen was all in motion. The wild beasts of the forest came, broke from their boughs, and foals the tame, and goved around, charmed and amazed. Even the dull cattle crooned and gazed, and murmured, and looked with anxious pain for something, the mystery to explain. The buzzard came with the throstle cock, the corby left her hoof in the rock. The blackbird halang with the eagle flew, the hind came tripping over the dew. The wolf and the kid, their rake began, and the tod and the lamb, and their lever it ran. The hawk and the hern a torn them hung, and the merle and the mavis forehewed the young, and all in a peaceful ring were hurled. It was like an eve in a sinless world. When a month and a day had come and gone, Kilmeny sought the greenwood wane. There laid her down on the leaves so green, and Kilmeny on earth was never more seen. But oh, the words that fell from her mouth were words of wonder and words of truth. But all the land were in fear and dread, for they kenned her, whether she was living or dead. It was the home home, and she couldn't remain. She left this world of sorrow and pain and returned to the land of thought again. Alright, that's our poem for today. It's a bit of an epic. I liked it though. Thank you James Hogg and thank you for listening and I'll see you tomorrow.